0: Hamas is making sure that the civilians do not evacuate south. He wants to fire to conduct the operations and the fighting against the IDF from highly populated areas filled with civilians. And when I say civilians, I don't mean Israelis. I mean Palestinian civilians that are being used throughout this conflict as human shields.
1: And welcome to a very special edition of The Watchman. We are in Jerusalem, God's one and only holy city, and we are joined by the one and only Yair Pinto of TBN Israel. My friend, great to have you with us. First of all,
0: well, it's amazing to have you here in the in the city. And yeah, to have the ability and the chance to tour a little bit in the Gaza communities today yes, we on did. the border between Gaza and Israel. Yeah, I think we had a, a great day.
1: We did, you know, it was a powerful day. We were in Bari, of course, and also the Nova Music Festival, Yair, where that horrific event happened. And we'll talk about that. But number one, you were just in Khan Yunus, kind of in the belly of the beast, the epicenter of all the action right now in Gaza. And things are going very well for the IDF there, Yair. Literally, you were just with us just a week ago, reporting from on the ground there. What's the latest? It seems like the IDF is really taking control in Khan Yunus on their way to destroying Hamas.
0: Yes, well, so the mission of the IDF in this war is divided into two aspects. The first one is to destroy Hamas. This means to destroy its military capabilities and its civilian role over the civilians of Gaza, okay? So the IDF has a few stages in order to complete this mission. And now we're about to enter the third stage. Okay, so in the first stage, the IDF launched aerial attacks and uh, artillery fire basically to destroy the strongholds of Hamas in Gaza. And then there was the ground invasion that involved a lot of troops including the reserve units which are part of them. Okay, so basically people had to leave their families, their wives, their kids, put on uniforms, some of them after 10 years without you know, touching a gun, and then to get into the army and into battle within a few weeks of, you know, training. up To
1: to defend their nation against an existential threat.
0: Exactly, exactly. So in the second phase, which was like the majority of the ground operation against Hamas, the IDF basically is taking control of all the strongholds of Hamas, which means Gaza City, which means Hanyunes, which we're about to take control of this city. The second and, largest city in Gaza, yeah. a real terror hotbed. And that's basically the birthplace city of Hamas. Yehia Sinwar was born there, and this is the symbol of Hamas. And underneath this city, you will not believe it, but like there is an underground network of terror tunnels i've been there for one month it's not a nice place
1: and you've been reporting from those tunnels yair for tbn israel folks a great channel you need to subscribe to right here on youtube the tbn israel channel Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah definitely listen despite all this terror and everything that is happening in hanunas god is in control and i can say that because when i was called into the gaza strip into hanunas i was afraid i thought okay how am i going to tell my wife that i'm going to go into this place this dangerous place that soldiers die every day but i said to god listen you called me to serve my country and to defend my family and if you want me to go into khan then i'm sure that you have a plan for my life i didn't know what it was but i felt peace immediately inside gaza and believe me it's like it's It's a war zone. You have bombs. We were just in the border on the Israeli side today. You and I today were there. Yeah, and you hear all the explosives. So just imagine how strong and how terrifying it is to be inside Gaza with all these explosions going on. Around the clock.
1: When when you're trying to sleep, it it never ends. I want to talk more about your journey getting to Khan Yunus and, and God raising you up, Yair, to be that eyewitness on the ground, making sense of this all and bringing the truth about it to the world, you mentioned two stages complete, the aerial campaign, the ground campaign. What's that third stage that the IDF is moving into now?
0: Yeah, okay, so basically the third stage is now to reposition our troops in strategic locations inside Gaza and to execute targeted operations, like raids. In these raids, we target Hamas underground terror facilities with a few goals. One of them is to destroy Hamas, and the second one is to find our hostages and release them. Eric, we have 136 Israeli hostages. This includes babies, children, and women, and of course men, in, in Gaza for more than 120 days. Can you imagine? I cannot. So, so, this is the third stage. So, and after we divide the Gaza Strip, and control it with our military, with the IDF, and and execute these precision uh, raids. The fourth stage is to start and return the civilians to a normal life, the Gazan civilian, to the normal life in the Gaza Strip without enabling Hamas to regain its control. So That's also a very hard stage. These stages will take a long time. It's going to take a while. A long time. This is not a few weeks. Yeah. This can be a year, two years. That's according to our generals and our political uh, leaders.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think anyone that expected this to be over in a week w- was not realistic. I mean, this was a hornet's nest of terror, the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire strip, I mean, the brainwashing among the population. There's going to have to be a lot of de-radicalization happening. I think of the denazification after World War II and, and in Japan as well. So it's got to be a new day there for sure but definitely this is a long and tough job and the IDF I mean from what I see I hear is performing more than admirably and making major 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 gains and still to control Gaza City and about to control Khan Yunis completely yeah. after only 4 months not even some major major accomplishments there for the IDF
0: Listen this this people need to know this this area the Gaza Strip is the most densely populated strip of land on this earth. You have millions of people that live together and Hamas knows that. Hamas is making sure that the civilians do not evacuate south. He wants to fire to conduct the operations and the fighting against the IDF from highly populated areas filled with civilians. And when I say civilians, I don't mean Israelis. I mean Palestinian civilians that are being used throughout this conflict as human shields. That's how Hamas operates. And we see that every day as we fight because our troops are being attacked from hospitals, from schools, from kindergartens, from UNRWA facilities, which are UN facilities. And it's sad, but that's the reality.
1: Probably some American taxpayer dollars, by the way, Yair, going into those UNRWA facilities, as the U.S. funds the UN, of course, uh i want to ask you about the terror tunnels and we want to get into your journey as well but i do want to ask you about the terror tunnels a lot of people here on the channel are asking what can israel do about this vast underground tunnel network stretching hundreds of miles beneath gaza and talk about evil i mean all the millions upon millions of dollars hamas poured into this demonic operation give us a sense of the tunnels Uh, you've been in them obviously and give us a sense whether they can truly be neutralized you were the first to report the idea of flooding these tunnels with, with seawater,
0: yeah.
1: how great is the progress the IDF is making in neutralizing those tunnels? And what
0: are they like inside? So first of all, the tunnels are everywhere. Everywhere you would imagine to dig, you will find a tunnel. The majority of these tunnels, you will not be able to see them because the top two meters are covered with sand so that the terrorists can come from within and then undetected can dig the remaining two meters and launch an RPG at our troops, and then run back in, and then collapse the tunnel on itself so we cannot find or track them.
1: So they collapse it upon themselves. Correct. And Correct. basically, I hear they pop out of a hatch, mm-hmm. and then they close the hatch. And exactly. All exactly. around, they're everywhere, these hatches.
0: Everywhere, and inside houses, and the hubs of these tunnels, like the major network, is inside hospitals, inside schools, and inside UN buildings and facilities. And you know that Shifa Medical Center yes. is a huge medical facility. And not only that they hide themselves underneath the civilian population of the hospitals, they also use the fuel, the electricity, the generators, and the medical supplies for their ter- for the terrorists underneath. They steal it from the hospitals. And then if the IDF says, okay, enough, we're not giving this hospital more fuel, then we're the bad guys because we do not help the hospitals.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm so glad we're talking to you, Yair, and that you do what you do, that you bring the truth to the world, undeniable on the ground truth that that you were bringing to the world. And the world sadly seems to have forgotten largely what happened on October 7th. To that end, this is fierce fighting right now you were on the ground for three months, you're an officer, you're making decisions in Gaza in the midst of war. What's the morale like among the troops right now?
0: So the morale is is very high. It's like, it was high from day one. I had soldiers that joined the war from abroad. They relocated with their families, been living for 10 years abroad, and just put a bag, left their wife and kids, and joined Israel and volunteered. They didn't have to. They weren't called. And they did it. And I have many soldiers like that. On top of that, I have soldiers that are above the age of 45. So meaning that they do not need to serve anymore, but they volunteered. We have endless stories like this. And I think that's because people understand that we're defending our families, our wives, our kids, our homeland. It's not something far away. It's not a different country. This is, we drove there today. It's, a, it's an hour, an hour drive yeah. from here, an hour and a half.
1: And we were not even a mile from the Gaza border, Yair. And that was on the Israeli side. Yeah, this yeah. is real. It's exactly. immediate. It's in your face. It's on the border. It's literally a life or death struggle for you. There's no choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, I think, what everybody feels. But saying that, it's very hard. Listen, it's very hard on people That have a business. It's very hard on people that have babies. It's hard for me, I think it's harder on the wives back at home. I think that they are the true heroes in this story because they have to keep on going. My wife, in particular, had to keep on going with three kids with a three month old baby for four months without me, with the fear of. Terrorist Palestinians attacking her house. Listen, we had missiles that landed less than 50 meters from our house. Two people from our community were injured by that missile. I mean, you came to my house just the other day. We had a great
1: Shabbat dinner with your beautiful family. And again, the threat is real, it's immediate, and it's close, and it must be dealt with decisively.
0: No, definitely. And like, people keep asking me, what, uh, what should we pray for? So of course, you know, praying for the soldiers, praying for the IDF, praying for wisdom, for the leadership. But I think that something that people miss is praying for the people that are holding the flag and the house together, which is, in some cases, it's the wives. But in some cases, it's the men, because also women serve in the IDF. But whoever is staying home with the kids and holding the business together or the family together, I think we need to pray. For them, because they are sacrificing days, night, sleepless night, worrying, and they're doing a great job. I mean, yeah, listen, yeah. I, I came home, and my little son, he's crawling now. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't crawling when I left uh, for the war, so it's completely, you know, and it's all all thanks to my wife that she's been yeah. doing a great job in, during this time. Amen.
1: Take us back, Yair, if you can, to October 7th, and you get the call in your home, thank God now, from reserve duty. You don't know if you'll be called back, uh, you don't know. That's just the, the nature of the game. Yeah. But take us back to October 7th, when you first heard about this mini-holocaust perpetrated by Hamas, and what came next. You answered the call right away, you, you yeah. kiss your, your wife, your children goodbye, and you're going to the front lines.
0: Yes. So. I remember that day, like I think everybody, every Israeli now remember exactly where he was on October 7th at 6.30 in the morning. It was a Shabbat, Saturday, day off. It was a, a holiday, Simchat Torah, the end of, uh, of the Sukkot holiday, Simchat Torah is a, is a holiday that uh, we in Israel celebrate uh, reading the Bible, and uh, and Hamas knew that, so they planned that on that exact day, they would launch the attacks, so i 'm waking up to a relaxful day after a, a long uh, walking week, and uh, we start turning the TV on, getting phone Did you see what's going on? Uh, missiles are being fired, and I thought, okay, being in Israel, Hamas always fired missiles I this thought okay it 's another few missiles so, so a yeah. few missiles, you know we go to the bomb shelters we live on sadly, it became our normal to hear about these missiles attack. It's also absurd and we shouldn't accept that, but but we've been used to thousands of missiles every year on a normal basis. This campaign in Gaza is long overdue. That's another story. No, definitely. So so we get that. And then we started to see more and more reports about terrorists infiltrating Israeli communities. Then we see people texting on WhatsApp groups. The terrorists are outside of my house, the army is not coming, the police is not coming, they're here, I'm in the bomb shelter, someone can you please help me, like horror stories. This was
1: different. You knew right away this was
0: different. This was something different. But it took, it took us a few hours, the entire country to realize because we thought this could never happen yeah. and, and it did. And then you hear the real horror stories about what happened there. Everybody's afraid, and you start to seeing all these terrible stories about uh, murdering babies and the uh, burning people alive and sexual assaults and all horrific things.
1: Yeah, and you and I saw this up close, the after effects of that today, Yair, as you mentioned earlier, we were along the Gaza border. We were in Kibbutz Beri, which really bore the brunt of the massacre, at least 95 people killed in that community, some 10% of that community, and of course, we were at the site of the Nova music festival, 364, mostly young people slaughtered in cold blood. You'll see those reports folks, by the way, coming up with Yair and I not only here on the watchman on the ground, but also on our new show launching on TBN March 25th, Stackelbeck tonight, every Monday through Friday, 7 30 PM and 10 30 PM Eastern time. And guess what? Yair Pinto will be a regular commentator correspondent guest on the show. We're looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you go to the front lines. You started, actually, up north.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so let me get, get back to the, to, the, to the atmosphere. So with yeah. all these pictures, all this horror stuff, I get a call. You need to go to the IDF. You need to, to report to your unit. And I'm, I'm there. My wife is all shocked. We are all shocked. we just just seeing the images of the, the massacre and everything that happened and I need to leave for an unknown period of time. And you need to go. There's I no. I need to go. There's no, there's no way. And she <laughs> yeah. knows that also. Yeah. She, she also served in the IDF. Yeah. And, and we know we have, we have to do it. We yeah. just have to do it. So, so I pack a bag and leave. At the beginning, we were stationed for close to two months up north on the border with uh, Lebanon. And then I was moved to the Gaza Strip. So that's kind of my Ducheniness. Yeah. But uh, but I think from the first day that I joined the army, I was shocked when I opened and saw the international media coverage of this war, because for me in Israel it was like they're the bad guys. Hamas did these terrible things, and then the international media they just completely miss it. Short memories. Yeah. And it reminds me of times
1: talked about by the prophet Isaiah hear where he said, look, uh, he talked about those who call evil good and good evil. Sorry. I think that's where we're at, prophetic times.
0: Oh, exactly. I don't know how can you call what happened there good and then call us evil. But
1: Israel that, was attacked. Israel was invaded, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, we are defending ourselves yeah. and... And and then, in that moment, I realized that this is not just a normal war, okay? This is a spiritual war, and it's fought on multiple fronts. So we have the physical front, we have the spiritual front, (coughs) of course, and we have also the front for the public's opinion. And sadly, I realized that we are losing this front. We are losing the battle for the public opinion. And uh, and together with my my team and TBN Israel, we realized we have to do something. So you know what I have? I have my phone. So I just started, uh, you know, to to record and to share what's going on from the from the front lines. Yeah. God uses every situation to glorify His name. You know every situation. I said like, okay, so I'm here with the phone. Like no light. I just used a, a little headlight in order to light yeah. myself. Yeah. You know. At night, as I'm recording and sharing when I have some time before I go to bed, and people watch it, and, it and more and more people watch it, more and more, and people are praying, and yeah. people learn new stuff and share, and and it grew and it grew, and God really blessed this, yeah. this whole operation. So it was yeah. like amazing for me to see.
1: And no doubt, and you get to Gaza, you get to Khan Yunus and all of a sudden the IDF spokesperson's unit approaches you and. You got some pretty official access there that no one else had. Certainly no other Christian TV network in Gaza.
0: Yes, definitely. So, so I get a call one day from the IDF spokesperson's unit saying, hey, we've been watching your videos, and we've been searching for this soldier that is reporting from the front lines. And I thought immediately, okay, so what, what are they going to tell me now? And they said, we love it. We want you to be... Representing the IDF officially, wear in uniform, and make sure you tell we will tell you what you can say, what is classified, but you'll be our representative from Hanunis. And this is like one month before CNN were there, and you know stated yes. that uh, they that they are the first one in in Hanunis yeah. and in the tunnels. You were the first there. So so really, listen, God God opened doors, yeah. and I think that uh, he had a reason and. On top of sharing with Christians and with people all around the world what is happening here in Israel, I think there's an, another side to it. Because being there with the soldiers in the front lines and recording interviews and being with a camera, it opens so many doors for me to share about who am I talking to? What's my fate? Who are these millions of people that pray for you, for the soldiers every day? And it made my fellow soldiers feel like they're not alone, like there's somebody in this world, in this evil world, who loves them, who prays for them, and who's on their side. And, and they didn't know that. They did not know that.
1: I mean, that's why I come here all the time, and especially now mm-hmm. more than ever, for such a time as this, Yair. And hey, look, you were shining light in the darkness in Gaza. You were shining the light of Yeshua, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're a follower of Jesus follower of Yeshua. How is it expressing your faith in the IDF and in Gaza on the front lines? How did your faith help get you through this experience and strengthen you?
0: So the Gaza Strip in Hanunis is is a scary place. And every day we had one or two. It was actually an average of two Israeli soldiers that were killed in action in the Gaza Strip and in Hanunis, some from my units, some from other units. So it's very scary. Uh, But I think that... After my first night there, God put His like peace and filled me up with this peace and purpose, and a lot of it is because He used me, I think, for, for sharing with the soldiers yeah. and with people all around the world.
1: You were an ambassador for Christ there yeah. in the trenches, on the front lines, in the tunnels.
0: Yeah, definitely, and yeah. it just showed me that even in that dark place, which is, I think, one of the darkest places, in the world and you can feel the spirit of evil in it. Somehow God was with me and made me feel at peace and with all the soldiers around me. And I I said, listen, I'm not gonna be depressed. I'm gonna be somehow happy in this situation and you know do my best in whatever I have. And I had the option really to share with many soldiers what am I believing in, which is Yeshua, you know, and that Yeshua is the Messiah, son of David, the Messiah that the people of Israel is waiting for and is hoping for and also me and us as Jews, we can believe in Him and we shouldn't be afraid of Him. So, so God is using every situation and you wouldn't believe how people are open when you're stuck with them and bombs are falling out in every direction. so. And
1: you're a pretty good communicator, I have to say. And if you want to see more from Yair, again, folks, TBN Israel, great channel. He just passed half a million subscribers. Wow. God is expanding your territory. You, you might not have even known that. You're in the tunnels in Kanyus <laughs> until a few days ago. But folks, TBN Israel, please subscribe. You can see Yair on a regular basis today once again. He's reporting from the Gaza border, and there's much more to come here uh, from Yair on TBN Israel and on TBN on the Stackelbeck Tonight Show, much more. Um, Tell us real quick. I don't want to keep you out here too long because it's cold here in Jerusalem. It's a chilly (laughs) night in God's one and only holy city, and you deserve a break after the past three months, needless to say, Yair. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your personal journey, uh, how you came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And your initial service in the IDF. Tell us a little bit about your life, your, your journey over the past several years, and your, how you, you've grown in your faith.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, well, I was, I was born actually to a mother and father, Israelis, Jews, who not far from here, about a ten minutes walk from this studio. And so I was born and raised as a follower of Jesus. But as you may know, you cannot be born into into the faith. You need to make a decision. So I remember when I was about 15, I really decided I was in my bed and decided to follow Jesus and to welcome him into my heart for real. And and then I walked with him, but being in high school in Israel and a believer of Jesus means that you're the only one in your entire school or your entire grade who believes in Jesus. So that's hard, and kids are tough. Oh, yeah. So in the beginning, I, I, I kept my faith a secret, which I learned the hard way <laughs> that it was a very bad mistake because once my friends knew, they were not, uh, you know, taking it very easy. They wow. thought that I'm a traitor yeah. to, to Judaism, yeah. to Israel, and how can you believe? in Jesus, he's the Messiah of the Gentiles. Was
1: he was bad. Jewish and he lived in Galilee here in Israel. But yeah, I know that. <laughs> but no, but, we but yeah, yeah that, it's,
0: uh, definitely. Yeah.
1: But they, a lot of folks don't know that, I think. Mm-hmm. people might, Yeah, he actually lived here in Israel. Jesus was a Jew, news flash.
0: But a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, so definitely they did not know that. Yeah. But then, you know, it took me a while to gain their trust because they thought, why didn't, didn't you share why didn't you tell us, if that's what you believe, you, can, you don't need to hide it. That's like after a while. Yeah. Now we're best friends again good. and everything is and good. And you were young. I mean... Exactly. Part of the journey that the, yeah. Lord, that the Lord had you on. Then, okay, at the age of 18, you joined the army, men and women in Israel. Men go for three years, women go for two years. New place, new people, yeah. have a fresh start. Now I'm not making the same mistake again. On my first night in the base, I decide I'm opening my Bible that includes the New Testament, like one book, and then I'm reading it. Automatically, what's this book? What are you reading? What is this? But you're not orthodox. But what? But Jesus? And I said, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Yeshua. He's my Messiah. I believe in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, boom opens up a million conversations with yeah. orthodox soldiers, with secular soldiers. Some
1: heated conversations at times, I'm sure? Or listen, immediately, definitely. Yeah. But
0: Intense. Listen, what I realized, and I think this is something for, for all of us, in wherever we are stationed and God is putting us, people will respect you if you're true to yourself, and if you're a good person, a good friend, a good worker, a hard worker, an example, They will see that. They will see God's light and then they will ask you the questions. So you don't need to be, you know, in their face with your faith. They will come to you because when you see something, you know, shining, that's Jesus, it's very hard to disregard it. So so that's how I shared my faith in the army and God was with me there.
1: Hey, last question. One kind of serious and one looking forward. Mm A lot of people are asking and i was just up on the northern border you were there Mm -hmm. not too long ago as the idf continues to complete this difficult job of crushing hamas decisively and it's not over yet by a long shot it's going to take some more time as you said earlier what do you see when you look north it seems that another great evil it doesn't seem we know there's another great iranian backed evil gathering to the north What's your outlook there about what needs to be done about that Hezbollah threat? Mm -hmm. We were talking off camera earlier, just getting used to civilian life again. And that's for another conversation maybe. But real quick, okay, Hezbollah, the north, and what's next for you?
0: Okay, so I'll start with with Hezbollah in the north. So Hamas is one enemy with a certain size and threats and capabilities. But Hezbollah is a whole different ballgame their level of technology, their military abilities, their support from Iran. It's a whole different war in terms of casualties on the Israeli side, civilian and soldiers, and in terms of the duration of the war. So it's a whole different ballgame. But listen, the situation up north cannot continue as it is. It's intolerable.
1: 80,000
0: people evacuated from their exactly. homes, no timetable for returning home, And, intolerable. and who would return? What's the difference? Right. I mean, they would return. And you have Hezbollah on the other side of the border.
1: Which wants to duplicate or exceed October 7th, just in the north.
0: Exactly. They have the same slogan. Yeah. They're backed by the Iranians that burn Israeli flags, that burn United States flags, that call, you know, Israel the small Satan and the United States the big Satan. That's the enemy. This is a spiritual war. Yeah, it is. So, until we create a buffer zone or a security barrier between our communities and the Hezbollah presence in Lebanon, nobody can return to their houses. Just not, not viable.
1: And I'm so glad, by the way, you mentioned that this is also a threat to the United States and the world, folks. Israel is just the first line of defense for the civilized world.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So until we gain this security barrier, I don't know if it's with diplomatical mm-hmm. pressure, yeah. I don't know if it's with an, uh, a maneuver, ground maneuver of IDF forces with support of the U.S. and our allies, but until we do something, the reality cannot get back to normal. It's just yeah. not, not a possibility. And we've been hearing a lot about fights in Gaza and operations in Gaza, but Every day, since the beginning of this war, there's a battle between Israel and Hezbollah. It's like, we're punching them, they're punching us, we're punching them, we're destroying that for them, they're launching rockets at us. And every little spark can ignite a big, big explosion up north, and then the rest of the world will be dragged into it. Oh, yeah. Very fast.
1: The, the, the coming fast. Great Northern War, I guess we could call it. And for you, hey, you'll be busy, your family, man, uh, getting back home after three months uh, away, obviously, and exciting things at TBN Israel and with the channel. Tell us a little bit more about that, what you have planned.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so God opened the door during this, uh, this war for us to reach millions of people across the world with what is happening in Israel, and encourage them to pray for the situation here. So we decided to keep doing it every day and share what is happening from Israel with millions of people around the world. So that's what we're doing and we want to expand that. We want to create more content. We want to connect between the Christians all over the world and everybody who wants to connect with Israel With Jerusalem, with TBN Israel here, we have a team that is passionate about sharing the truth of what is happening in Israel with the world so that people can really pray for the situation by understanding what is happening. It's very hard, you know, it's very hard to pray for something or for someone that you do not know. You need to have a personal relationship. God is a personal God. So everything has to be personal. So that's what we're trying and we are creating here. And, uh, and we can't do it without the support of our viewers. We're now also launching uh, a nonprofit as part of TBN, TBN Israel, in order to raise more funds for more productions in Israel. Okay? This that is will excellent. be aired on, on the TBN platforms, on our social media for people around the world to watch what we're doing here.
1: Absolutely amazing. And last, last request. Uh, How can we pray for you and for Israel right now? We've got millions of believers, I'm sure, will watch this and they want to know, how can I help? Any particular prayer points, requests that you have for yourself, your family, and of course for the land, the IDF?
0: Yes, definitely. So I think that more than praying for the IDF, soldiers that are fighting every day and for us to return the hostages which is super important and goes without saying i think that we need to pray for those who are staying at home with the children with the businesses the the wives that suddenly became single mothers because the husband is in the army for so long and also for me personally, returning to the civilian life is not easy. It's, it's a shift and it takes time. So I know that God has plans and He's in control. But please pray for the IDF soldiers also who are released and in the process of getting back to their normal lives. And of course, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Join us in sharing the truth of what is happening here so that everyone in the world will know who we are fighting, why we are fighting, and why we need to do it.
1: Amen. Yair, thank you so much for that, man. That was perfect. And thank you for this time, again, on a chilly night in Jerusalem, but a beautiful night in God's one and only perfect. holy city. And I missed it. I know you did, man. And this was fun, man. And we will do much more of it in days to come. Again, folks, TBN Israel, subscribe. Great stuff here from the land, from Yair. God bless, my friend. Thanks so much. Much more to come, brother. Looking forward to it. Yes, much more to come. And hey, much more to come here on The Watchman as well. Thanks so much for joining us here in Jerusalem. Until tomorrow, for Yair Pinto, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.